This is Shi'ar Jeshub, coming from Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut, and featuring the teaching ministry of Pastor Greg Scalzo. Welcome to our broadcast. I'm Patty Scalzo, and today we will be concluding a sermon my husband delivered from the book of 1 Samuel on the coronation of Saul. It is part of the larger Heavenly Authority series. And when we left off, Pastor was in chapter 12 at verses 20 and 21. This is where Samuel responds to the request of the Israelites, who, after seeing the thunder of God, ask Samuel to pray for them because of the evil they have done. Samuel tells them not to fear, but to serve the Lord with all their heart and not turn aside to go after empty things which cannot profit or deliver for they are nothing. Here now is Pastor Greg. The only hope we have is in God himself, the God, the Father of Jesus Christ. There's our only hope. Everything else is empty. If you trust in your might, you trust in your wealth, you trust in your power, it's empty. If you think the king, the government is gonna do it, gonna protect you, that's empty. You pray for the king, you pray for the government, you do all that's reasonable to do, but in the end, the only thing that can protect you is God. And if you serve him and you fear him and you stay straight and you do not go to the left and you don't go to the right, and his mighty hand is not against you, but his mighty hand is around you protecting you, do not fear. It's not a matter of superstition. You know, Samuel gets down, he prays, and okay, we're okay. It's a matter of truth. Do what Samuel would do. Be a righteous people. Be a good people. And forget the empty things. Don't put your trust in empty, hopeless, vain things. Verse 22, For the Lord will not forsake his people, for his great name's sake, because it has pleased the Lord to make you his people. Even after all they've done, they have and they bear his name, they have his word. Think of our nation. Where does the word of God go forth into the globe? The most from the United States. That means we're special inside of God, not because we're so holy or so good, but because we were called by his name. If you say, what is the Christian nation, most of the world would consider it us. Certainly our enemies consider us Christians. That's one of the reasons they hate us so much. Even if we are not considering ourselves Christians, they still see us as Christian. And that gives us a special place in God's sight because we carry the word. And he desires, he wants to pour out mercy upon his people. If we don't forsake him, if we don't turn to the left or the right, he says, moreover, verse 23, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord and ceasing to pray for you, even though they've rejected him and treated him terribly. He doesn't see it as doing something against them if he doesn't pray for them. He sees it as a sin against the Lord. So he's going to continue to pray for them no matter what. He said, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord and ceasing to pray for you, but I will teach you the good in the right way. He's going to continue, even though he's not the judge anymore, he will continue to teach them the good and the right way. That's the calling of those in religious authority, in heavenly authority, 
to teach the good and right way, not to tell people the things they want to hear. This old prophet gets up and says things they don't want to hear. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. You mourn first, then you rejoice. We mourn over our sins, we mourn over our conditions, and then we rejoice in the Son of God's deliverance, that he's forgiven us, that he's washed us, that we can be reconciled, that God desires to be our God and protect us and save us. But to rejoice the right way, first you have to mourn. First you have to repent. First we need to understand our condition. And any true person in heavenly authority will always teach the good and the right way and not just tell people what they want to hear. This is certainly not what the people want to hear. He says, verse 24, only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart. Again, fear. God is almighty. God is all-powerful. God is the holy God. Fear him. Fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart. For consider what great things he has done for you, just like Joshua said. Not with part of your heart, not a little bit of your being, all your heart. Maybe those signs should say, God bless America. For God, we fear you. You are almighty. You are all-powerful. And we desire to serve you and follow your commandments with all our hearts. And then we know you will bless us. I wonder how many of those signs would sell. That's the full word of the Lord. Verse 25. Only fear God, right? Verse 24. Only serve him. Don't go after the vain things. Don't turn aside and everything will be okay. You have nothing to worry about. That thunder that shows the hand of God, the might of God, it'll be on your side, not against you. But then he says, verse 25, but if you still do wickedly, you shall be swept away. Very clear. If you still do wickedly, you shall be swept away. Even God's people, Israel, even his anointed called out by his name, given the prophecies, given the word, Moses, Aaron, the tabernacle, all that history. Yes, because God is consistent. He doesn't change. There is no changing with God. And the modern media has no effect upon him. If you continue to do wickedly, you shall, not you might, you shall be swept away, both you and who? Your king, who you trust so much, your government, your strong king, your strong government, you think it could protect you? It'll be swept right away with you. You know, it says in 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 11, this, Paul says, is a faithful saying. For if we died with him, we shall also live with him. So our life comes from dying in Christ. But you have to speak about Jesus Christ for people to know they need to repent and die to themselves and live to him. If we endure, we shall reign with him. You stay the course. Don't go to the left or the right. Don't turn aside. Here's the important part. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. Now, what does that mean? We sin, we do wrong, they've sinned, what we've read here in the scriptures, they're faithless, and God is still faithful. He still gives them the chance to repent. 
He still, when they cry out, deliver us, he delivers them. Even when we're faithless, he's faithful because he cannot deny himself. Israel is one with him. The church is one with God through Jesus Christ. We are the body of Christ. And we're faithless and we do things wrong. And yet we call out to him and he shows us love and forgiveness and he restores us. Because he can't deny himself. But it says above that, if we deny him, then he will also deny us. It's not a carte blanche to say we can do anything we want to do because God will always forgive us, always restore us, always protect us. If we deny him, and I fear that when we're afraid as a nation to say the name Jesus Christ, we'll speak of a general God, a general Lord, but not him. And so we don't say his name to the point that we deny him then it says, if we deny him, he also will deny us. And then you come to that scripture where Samuel said, you will be swept away, both you and your king. May I take one more moment to give one more scripture. I know we're going a little over. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7, 2 Corinthians chapter 7, very quickly, Verse 9, he says, now I rejoice, verse 9, now I rejoice not that you were made sorry. Paul rebuked them in a letter, they became sorrowful, and they repented. He says, I rejoice not that you were made sorry, but that your sorrow led to repentance. For you were made sorry in a godly manner, that you might suffer loss from us in nothing. For godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation. Not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world produces death. That's a good verse, verse 10. For godly sorrow produces repentance. When we mourn over our situation, and we let God come in and change, and we repent like the church at Corinth repented, it produces repentance, and repentance leads to salvation. The hand of God back upon us for good, not for harm, to shield us like the wing of the mother hen around his chicks. But the sorrow of the world produces death. If the world greatly rejoices and parties and says nothing's wrong, nothing's wrong, then when things come upon this world that are bad, that are terrible, that are horrible, then the sorrow of the world will come upon it and they'll tear their clothes and they'll scream and they'll shout, why do we have this coming upon us? And they have no knowledge of the ways of God. It produces death. We know what's happening. We know the end of the book. We've read Revelation. We know what's coming eventually. So if we sorrow, we sorrow that we might rejoice in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the truth. He spoke the truth about their condition. And so you end the period of the judge. You start the king, and you also start a new era. The heightened ministry of the prophet. The prophetic ministry. And the main part of that prophetic ministry was like Samuel calling the people to repentance. Calling the people back to God with a message that's not so nice many times. It could be a bitter message. Not so sweet, but it's true. It's the truth of God. Not necessarily what we want to hear, 
but what God knows we need to hear. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the prophets you raised up in the scriptures and all those great prophets that will come now from Samuel on as we go into Isaiah and Jeremiah and Daniel and Ezekiel, John the Baptist and all those who stood up and spoke the truth to a nation to repent, to turn from sin. For the time has come and the kingdom of heaven is near. Father God, the prophets were treated with persecution many times and the Lord told us that when we are persecuted for his namesake that we should rejoice for so they treated the prophets who came before us. Lord God, give us the ability with wisdom to speak your word in this day that there would be true repentance in our land, that we would not have anything to fear for your hand is with us. If we need to fear, we would fear you and fear your mightiness and your holiness and come to you for salvation. Praise the name of the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The Fellowship of Shir Jeshub Christian Tabernacle is dedicated to sending forth the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ and witnessing his salvation message to a generation at risk. And it would be encouraging to hear from our listeners. All correspondence should be mailed to Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle meets at 10 a.m. at the Madison Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison, Connecticut. Please join us next time for Shi'ar Jeshub.